0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and today I'm doing something a little bit different. I have like a new guest. Uh, I have Kevin, who uh, actually pinged me during the season out of nowhere. It was like, hey, yo, can I be in your podcast or something like that? And I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, this, this is new um so i told him like yo season's kind of busy i'm doing these game by game podcasts and uh you know i'll uh, i'll reach out and i'll have you on as a guest sometime in the off season and check it out it's the off season so here uh here's kevin what's up kevin what up how you doing i'm good i'm good man it is uh i thought the off season would be a little bit light but with the draft and the lottery it is actually more <laughs> it's heavier than I thought. Yeah, it's more intense than uh, than you would expect. It's actually in a lot of ways more intense than the regular season because uh, there's so many damn opinions. But first and foremost, um, I want to know about you a little bit. Like uh, you're obviously a Warriors fan, so much so that you actually pinged me on Twitter. And um, yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself as a Warriors fan. What is your
1: Warriors fandom background. What's what's it like? What's your story? So it was actually, I visited my cousin in San Francisco for the first time. I think it was oh nine, And then he took me to a game. And I was just shocked by the atmosphere in Oracle. We we weren't good back then, as you know. We weren't the golden child, per se. Mm -hmm. But we were... We were at, we were a unit. i watched this core grow up like right in front of my eyes.
0: You are 27, right? So back yes. in 09, you were, I'm really bad at math. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nine. Uh, that was 12 years ago. Uh, 12 years ago. So you were 15. 15. And were you a basketball fan before that? And did you follow a team or were you kind of like, passively watching then all of a sudden the warriors that experience clicked for you
1: i was a basketball fan but i was more of a player fan not a team fan back when i was younger i was a kobe fan and a mellow fan a huge mellow kobe fan yeah until i watched warriors live like in oracle with all the crowd i'm like oh my goodness this is something else huh
0: yeah yeah so oh nine this was was it uh like late in 9 Was it the 0-9-2010 uh, season? That was Steph's rookie yes, year? Yes,
1: it was '09. 9
0: Okay, so that was yes. Monte, Steph. Oh, my! Like, <laughs> they were wearing the We Believe uniforms still. Yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't until the next year that they switched mm-hmm. to the current type of uniform. Yeah. All right, all right. That's cool. That's cool. Um, part of the reason I actually wanted to talk to you and bring you on was like, you know, I'm a little bit older. I won't say how much. and you know i've been a fan since like i was a little little kid 80s 90s the 2000s and obviously up until now and like there's a certain mentality you have when you went through like the 80s and 90s and the 2000s because the warriors were just like traumatically god awful and so like you have this mindset it's kind of pessimistic it's like uh uh-oh you think about the worst case scenario you're like James Wiseman like gets hurt and you're like uh-oh mm-hmm. he's Ralph Sampson <laughs> like, <laughs> or um you know like oh we got the 7th and 14th pick oh man they're going to find like Todd Fuller and Adonai Foyle in the same draft you know so i'm just curious cuz like you came up as a Warriors fan when you know they weren't that good but then they started rising within a couple years of you paying attention to them so when you look at the Warriors, when you watch the season, like is do you have this attitude of like, oh yeah, they're gonna figure stuff out, or it's gonna end up in a good spot, or is it more like, more like me, You're like oh man, this is this is doom and gloom, this is gonna be, we're uh, once this dynasty is officially over, once Steph, Clay, Draymond are gone, we're going to be wandering the desert for twenty more years. Uh, what's your perspective?
1: I'm very pessimistic. I- <laughs> <laughs> it's like i know about the past the history of the warriors organiz- organization it's like no i don't want to be stuck in the mud again it's not fun like i don't think like a laker fan like oh we're gonna be all right no. yeah those dudes are entitled man or those people uh, are entitled. i <laughs> it's i don't think that
0: way and do you interact or know a lot of Warriors fans who are kind of like your friends or your, you know, in your age range and stuff like that, or are you kind of a lone wolf in your crowd?
1: I do have a lot of friends that are Warriors fans. And
0: yeah. are they, are they the same? Do they have like this sense of uh, exceptionalism that maybe some casual fans tend to have,
1: or are they more like realistic? Do they understand? Some of them like have the same perspective as I do. Some of them are like just, oh, it's all about the core three's prime, Steph's prime. we got to do everything to, to, to get a superstar, to help Steph, fire Steve Kerr, get a better <laughs> general manager. Oh, it's
0: all those things. It's really an interesting phenomenon because once they started losing because of injuries, trades, whatever, KD leaving, et cetera, and then the pandemic hit and there was no basketball, right? Mm-hmm. And then I felt like once this season started Mm -hmm. this most recent season it was like all this stuff that people had built up because they're one not going to games and they're not getting it out there Mm -hmm. they're they've been stuck at home for a long time they haven't watched warriors basketball so all of a sudden they just go online on these apps and then they just like start like vomiting all like (laughs) (laughs) issues all their personal issues (laughs) in the form of basketball talk (laughs) let me ask you this because we i guess met on twitter um what is your opinion okay and obviously social media has tons of issues twitter has tons of issues it's uh filled with like toxic stuff but like what's your opinion of warriors twitter because i don't tweet that often i don't go on there that often um,
1: and I feel like you probably do more stuff on mm. there. There are a few names on Twitter, the big, big account names. I'm not going to name drop, I'm not going to name anyone. I think you know who they are, <laughs> <laughs> but it's maybe, just, maybe it, it's just oh, the hot topic, hot, hot play right out Pascal Siakam. What if we actually did this trade, right? Hypothetical, we, 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 we like we get it, and then. He doesn't fit, right?
0: My personal take on that. Oh man, you just open Pandora's box. (laughs) (laughs) My personal take on that is to me, you know, as a longtime Warriors fan, I want them to be good for a long time. You know, you want them to have chances. I don't want them to dip back into the
1: So the the Spurs.
0: Yeah, the terrible, terrible years. And yeah, they could be the Spurs because they're the most recent example. And Listen, like I've I've read tons of tweets about this. Um, This is one thing I've read about, and I've read like tons of comments. And plain and simple, Pascal Siakam is fine. He's good. Mm -hmm. He has better stats. He is quote unquote better than Andrew Wiggins. But is he that much better that you trade James Wiseman uh, and one or two picks and Andrew Wiggins? And I'm like, no. Is he a better fit? He might be better in some areas, but we know that Andrew Wiggins is a good fit. I want to see him with Clay Thompson. Yeah. And we have to consider
1: uh, that Siakam – sorry to cut you off, but Siakam is coming off a shooting in, shooting shoulder injury. Shoulder
0: injury, and he's not back until uh, November. Shooting arm,
1: yeah? Yeah. So yeah. why are we even talking about trading for someone that just got out of surgery?
0: I mean, so you're basically going – you would have no Wiseman, no Wiggins, uh, no extra pick you wouldn't have Clay in November. You wouldn't have Siakam, you know, and, maybe until November,
1: right? Yeah, don't you so, think Masai is going to ask for a pull? There's tons
0: of deal breakers for me already. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, what you need to do is you need to think about playoff positioning from the very start, right? So if you're going to be bad in the first part of the season, then you're already digging yourself a hole and you're putting pressure on two guys that would be injured coming back, especially Clay mm-hmm. Thompson. So me personally... I think that you don't do that trade, regardless of if Pascal Siakam is a better player. I don't really care, right? That's not the point. I think he's been a little bit overrated. And I guess the last couple of years, he has come down in people's eyes. But also, here's the thing. It's like, get those assets, draft a couple of dudes. And if you don't think Wiseman, if Wiseman doesn't show out for the first part of the season and you want to trade him, I mean, his trade value will not go down from now, right? Unless something Mm -hmm. catastrophic happens, another injury. So if he bumps up his trade value and you have these couple of assets, then like save that, man. Save that till the trade deadline. See what you got. You know, you'll get some vets that way if you really want to, or you'll find Mm -hmm. out that, hey, Wiseman is actually pretty good and Mm -hmm. serviceable. He is getting trashed all over the place, man. People are talking (laughs) about how DeAndre Ayton was 10 times a prospect. I'm like, this revisionist history is really, really just like, it's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I guess in terms of Twitter, you just can't take it seriously. Right. It's like you Ooh. have people that are asking for her to be fired <laughs> all season long. And then it's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like recency bias? What have you done for me lately? Are you, are you kidding me? Like, that's what I'm like, y'all are spoiled. You don't know how hard this is. And it's not going to be easy forever. So,
1: like, mm-hmm. chill, dude. My thing with Kerr is, well, true. He came in with a core three player, core three team, right? So he really never had to coach a rookie. Have you thought about that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Right? 100%. 100%. He never had to really develop a lottery pick. Yeah. This is the first time, well, last year with Pool and EP, mm-hmm right he that was the first time he had to actually develop players
0: yeah right yeah.
1: i can say that he's not a good developmental coach sure but he, he's a coach that can take a good team a great team over the hump
0: here's the thing like he hasn't had to develop somebody i won't say that he's not good at it i'm i will say that this was a really really strange year for everyone And this particular season for the Warriors, it's like, you're about to draft this number two pick, Clay tears his Achilles, your whole plan for the season is screwed. You're trying to, I guess, thread the needle is the phrase, but they're not exactly sure. They're not exactly Mm -hmm. sure how to go about this because it is not anything they really plan for. It's a day to day. So, you know, all this stuff about like bench Wiseman, use Wiseman, pick and roll Wiseman, like they have to see, they have to give it a shot like certain mm. things that they want to try out before they, they switch. And plus the kid was injured for like a huge chunk. And, um, you know, COVID, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He starts, he has no training camp because it's already short and he has, uh, uh, he's out with, uh, COVID whatever. And then, um, hurts his wrist. I mean, yeah, all this stuff, all the stuff that we all know. And I think it would be a huge mistake. My only, only concern with James Wiseman. And I've mentioned this during the season. It's like, we've seen flashes of what he can do. He has that ability. Uh, He just hasn't had the reps, hasn't played enough. But my only concern is that like, he doesn't have enough dog in him. That's, that's the only concern he has to have, like, he's a nice kid, works hard meditates all that stuff great speaks says he speaks um mandarin i mean mandarin. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh that's the only thing because like does he have that fight that attitude to, to really like go after that rebound, to box out that dude, to give this guy an elbow when he's been uh, getting pushed around. Can he fight back? That's the only question I have. Started to see it a little bit here and there during the season, you know, mm-hmm. when we had a couple breakouts. Um mm-hmm. he's so mild-mannered and uh quiet. Like that's the only thing. That's like the I'm not questioning his like whether he's a good kid, but like that's the only thing I haven't seen yet. The flashes of everything else. I think it's there, just needs the reps. He'll be serviceable next year. You don't give that up for for yeah. pennies on the
1: dollar. Like he really has to be more aggressive. Like both ends, right? And I really think he shouldn't be starting. Like Looney should be our starter. Because if we if um, Joe Lako wants our wants the Warriors to be like the Spurs, I do think that Wiseman and Paul Minutes should be together. Does yep. that make sense? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the age gap between Steph, Clay, and Dre and Poole and Wiseman is huge, right? So mm-hmm. if you can put Wiseman and Paul together for more minutes, the chemistry will be there, right? They build mm-hmm. a bond. They build more chemistry. And then two years, three years from now, you can build around them when our core three ages out, Right.
0: Exactly. And I I think that people really, really underestimate what Wiseman can give the Warriors next season. And I'm not here as a homer to say like, oh, he's going to be a multi-time all-star. He might, who knows. But I'm talking about the talent, the selling low next season, all this mm-hmm. other stuff. He can still do all these things. And people are of the mindset that he... I mean, I did a podcast episode for every damn game this past season. So I actually watched more games ever in my lifetime. (laughs) Uh, And like, he's good. You know, he he can do these things. There's people that are questioning his hands, questioning his feel. But every time he was just getting better at those things, he got hurt. You know, people are nitpicking on him. Yeah, exactly. And so people are like, oh, he can't rebound. Yes, he can, man. He has good hands, right? People are saying and, uh took eight and three years, and then it's going to take Wiseman four or five years. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Do you think this kid is like a moron? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not. This is not a Donald Foyle. This is not Todd Fuller. This is just not some guy who. Yes, maybe he doesn't have like the all the reps that he needs. And that that sucks. That's a big problem. Like not playing for a year and a half, only playing three games at Memphis, playing 39 games last season, missing summer league. Those are going to be huge. That's going to set him back. He's not going to be as good next season as he would have been if he had played all those games. But he will be good. He'll be good. He'll be better than like he was last season. And like you said, yeah, don't don't bring him in, in the starting unit. You know, yeah. bring him off the bench. If he hopefully is watching tape, watching what Looney, what JTA did, playing with Steph towards the end of the season, knowing what he sh- should be doing at that point when he's on the floor with Steph, and then letting him run loose with Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, whomever else, right? Like, I mm-hmm. think that is, is a, a going to be a good play. Assume that the Warriors do stick. With both mm-hmm. seven and fourteen, mm-hmm. cool. Tell me your picks My for babe. seven, and fourteen. They're not trading out.
1: They're, not, they're okay. drafting
0: these guys. They could trade them at the trade deadline, but mm-hmm. these are the guys that uh, that you want
1: them to get. For the seventh pick, Moses Moody. Okay. okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Fourteen.
1: Fourteen. Is Wagner still there? No. If Wagner is still there, I would get okay okay that's yes, um, he's still there
0: those are those are uh two uh solid picks tell me uh sell me on uh on uh moses moody
1: three and d three and d. I, I love i love three and d players with long wingspans you know tall not not tall but long lengthy able to defend
0: yeah yeah and then sell me on uh
1: franz wagner he is not athletic right but he watching him in michigan he is a high iq player right mm-hmm. Being, playing under juan howard juan mm-hmm. howard right watching them in the tournament well he didn't have the best game <laughs> <laughs> let's not take that as a one sample size fits everything thing but he can he can play make a little bit defend multiple positions you can like I really think you could go to one to three, some small ball four and five, maybe if you build put on some more muscle, mm-hmm. right? And then that you get Moses Moody, Wagner, and then you get Wiseman and it for the second unit, and then maybe some other vets, yeah, right. Yeah. Spread the minutes around, see how that goes. Mm-hmm. I just like I just like I really like players that can play both ends of the floor and, and pass the ball. Not yeah. like like you can't just shotgun on your own.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind either of those guys. There's like a handful of dudes that are going to be available most likely uh, from 7 to 14 that I can make an argument for almost all of them. And then the hesitation is like basically the same thing for all of them. It's like, but you're not exactly sure. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So um, let me ask you this question. Is there anyone you absolutely don't want them to pick? In that range, within reason. Davion Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh that is fair. I, I actually don't want them to pick Davion Mitchell seventh for sure. Maybe fourteen, no, depending too on too high. Seven, yeah. too maybe high. fourteen, maybe fourteen. But tell me why. Tell me what you don't like about Mitchell.
1: He's six foot.
0: <laughs> he. Then, you can play both ends of the floor. That's that, That's your thing.
1: Yeah, cool. But can he really shoot? What, what is it in his mid-60s in the, from the line, from the free throw line? Like, can he really, really shoot? Or is that just an outlier here? Or can he really shoot the ball? Can yeah. he do it? Right. I, I know you have the Mitchell last name, but...
0: That doesn't mean cool. anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? <That doesn't>
0: mean- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have concerns about Mitchell for sure. I would not be upset if they passed him over with both picks. There's a handful of other dudes I would take over Davion Mitchell.
1: Can we package them and move up? But if you move up to six, I don't think it's worth it to package both both picks to move up just one spot. I think it is.
0: If Scotty Barnes is there, I think it's worth it. Um, mm-hmm. Jonathan Kuminga, if he's there, if he falls, I think it's worth it. But I don't think they would do it because of the wind now, the optics, the pressure, mm. all this stuff, right? They're, they wouldn't do it. If Kaminga fell to seven and they still kept their 14, I would think they would. They, my desire would be for mm. them to take Kaminga and then balance that out, take like a a, a win now, take Mitchell, take Kisper, take <laughs> Duarte, you know? Take them that at was, 14,
1: you know? That was my question, yeah.
0: So like, because um, oh, it sucks, right? Because like we know you don't pick for need we've learned that over the years everybody knows that it's like a mm-hmm. uh, a truism but just because of this very 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 specific situation that no other team has ever seen more or less where like you have this championship core and you have a chance to win the title next year and you have two lottery picks we'll see we'll see it's going to be interesting i'm really looking forward to hearing what happens in like individual workouts or mm-hmm. bringing in Mitchell, seeing how he plays against like Booknight or something like that. You know, when they pair these guys up, I want to see how they all do. And that'll tell you about his shooting, right? Will he be able see? to shoot the lights out in that scenario? How he reacts in the interviews, how he reacts to like the shooting drills you put him through, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Who knows, right? And the question also is like, what you want is, I've heard people make the argument, I talked to people in in, uh, comments and blog posts about rookies don't make a huge impact in the playoffs, whatever. I'm not doing the research on that. Tyler Harrow made a huge difference, (laughs) right? Just uh, (laughs) last year. But to me, it's like, it's not only about the playoffs, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have an older core. You want guys who can contribute in the 82 games prior to the playoffs, you got to be an 82 game player before you become a 16 game player. Yeah, And if you draft, say if you draft like, I don't know, book night, right? Like mm-hmm. who knows if he's going to play big minutes in the playoffs. It m- doesn't matter, but you know that if you lose Ubre, that if Clay is not ready and can't play tons of minutes, you need somebody who can score. Then, he will help you during the regular season, right? Right. Like, and then fine, ride the pine in the playoffs. But if you can bring in dudes who can help win, contribute to winning in the regular season, uh, reduce Steph's minutes so he doesn't have to like clean up everybody's mess, reduce Clay's minutes so he doesn't have to guard the best guy every game, that kind of stuff, that contributes to winning. That If it'll help you with playoff positioning, if it'll help you with uh, rest and health, because we know health is mm-hmm. a big deal now, mm-hmm. then that is super duper important too.
1: Let's not trade both picks to and then package them with Wiggins for some Let's just not do that, please. Come on.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I I am very much like. I think a real fan really, really likes homegrown talent. Like yeah, I think there's a different. kind of strange connection and pride mm-hmm. in seeing somebody that you draft. And that potential, and seeing them come up and do well, right? Like that's why for me, like the 2015 team is always my favorite. Uh, That's why like the KD years. I mean, he didn't have much joy with those, and to be honest, I didn't have as much either, right? As a fan, yeah, because it was like it didn't feel the same, right? So, yeah, uh, that's why I want to stick with Wiseman. And then draft a couple dudes and see see what they can do.
1: Yeah, watch them grow.
0: Yeah, unless there's some way to magically get to four without giving up the house, then do it. Yeah. I would I like I said I would trade um the two picks to get Scotty Barnes. I think that dude is is going to be mm-hmm. good. I like his engine, I like his vibe. That dude it definitely has dog in him. So all right. Well, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Oakland Warriors. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by the National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Mardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs!